Hello and welcome to the MSF Farm Talk podcast. I'm Tanya Morgan from MSF and today I'm chatting with Hamish Dixon who is a livestock consultant with AgriPartner Consulting and our key delivery partner with the AWI Feed Nutrition Project. Hello Hamish, welcome to the MSF podcast. Hi, thanks for having me. Today we are going to be talking about the results of first year trends and what to expect nutritionally from low rainfall pastures. And this comes out of the AWI feed nutrition project that MSF has been working on probably for the last 18 months now. We've already done one podcast with you, Hamish. This is our second one talking about the project. Last time we met, we were just at the beginning. We're a year in now. Can you give us a quick recap about why it's so important for livestock farmers? Sure. The project is aimed at really identifying the nutritional value of pastures and feed crops in the low rainfall Mallee zone of New South Wales, Victoria and SA. It's really aimed at developing a data set of the nutritional value and mineral content of low rainfall pastures. It's about creating resources that producers can use to better plan their grazing, better understand the nutritional value that's available to sheep and cattle in the area. And it also creates some resources that producers can utilise in a whole range of on-farm decision-making processes and, and programs such as lifetime new management as well. What were the focus pasture types and how did they perform last season? Because we had a few different things we were looking at. Yeah, we did. Part of the project is looking at a fairly wide range of pasture types. About six core samples that we intend to sample every year of the project, and, and they include barley, lucerne, peas, veldt, vetch, and just natural regenerating pasture. And then we do have the option of actually including some strategic samples within the project as well. And those that we collected uh, in the first year included canola, lentils, oats, cerradella, and a studenica vetch as well. Those strategic samples may change and, and are available to us to look at different pasture species and options that might arise out of different seasons. In terms of how they perform, we sampled them over the course of the seasons and some typical results in that we saw the best quality in that early stages of growth. So high energy, high protein coming through there. In terms of the winter feed quality, we saw species such as canola actually perform really well nutritionally. They were certainly a standout species for us. We saw some of the cereals perform quite well. Typically, we've seen things like kelp grass come down in quality, which is reasonably normal for that species in its own right. But obviously, it has some other benefits in terms of how it fits into farm operations and the type of country that it might suit. In terms of protein in particular, particular, we saw some of the highest ones being, once again, canola, lucerne, other legumes like peas. The, the protein was up in those. Vetch tested quite well compared to things like some of the cereals and the grasses that the proteins were down. You're talking barley and, and oats, even the, the velt grass through winter time. The proteins in those were typically anywhere from 12 to 15 or so percent protein compared to a lot of the legume species were 20 to 25 percent. Those sorts of typical differences were quite apparent, which was good. And then saw the quality decline as we came into spring and summer with basically all of those plant species changing their stage of growth to more of a reproductive stage and then going all the way through to senescent once they get into summer. Quality wise, we certainly saw the energy and the protein of those species fall reasonably significantly. There were some differences between how they change. Certainly we see things like loosen holds on in terms of quality into summer better than more of the annuals. One of the interesting comparisons was even if you look at, say, some of the legumes themselves, loosen from an energy perspective, held quality quite well through winter and summer. It peaked just over 10 MA for the sample and then dropped down to uh, just under 10 MA through spring and summer. But we compare that to peas, 
had a really high energy of 11 to 12 through winter and spring, and then dropped all the way down to five once we got into summer and we're really just dealing with pace double. So even little differences like that were actually interesting out of the first year's data. The other part of the testing was starting to look at mineral content as well. We certainly wanted to have a look at how those pastures perform from a mineral perspective too. There's some good results in there and we can start to, to dig into those. You've done a pretty good job of the analysis of the first year of results and explained that really well. Were there things in there that surprised you? I think as we get further into it, there'll be some more findings. I think probably if we expand a little bit on the mineral side, mineral testing is always an area of, of interest, I think, for producers. It's an area that can quite significantly improve production if there's big deficiencies. And probably on the whole, it's been interesting looking at these findings in that some of the really key minerals, things like cobalt and selenium, which are probably two of the main ones that tend to get supplemented into different products. It's not unusual to have vaccines or drenches that have additional selenium in them or vaccines that have B12. So cobalt is a mineral that's synthesized into vitamin B12 in the rumen. So if you have adequate levels of cobalt in your feed, then by default, you'll have adequate levels of B12 available for the animal. There's variance across those samples, but probably the majority of samples actually had quite adequate levels of cobalt and selenium. So some of the early results so far are indicating that, you know, with some testing and understanding really what the mineral profile of the different feeds are, it may well actually be an opportunity for saving some costs for many producers if they are by default getting a lot of those minerals added to products that, that they're using on farm because they do tend to increase the price of, of the drench or the vaccine individually. So there might be some savings there that could be useful. Minerals in particular, it does take a little bit of testing just to understand exactly how they test over the course of the year. But if we can continue to, to do this, then we might actually find some interesting results and, and start to find some trends that can really help on farm. That's really good. And I know one of the things that we were keen to include in this testing was looking at some of the pulse crops that are commonly grown in the Mallee now because when we have a dry season you want to have options up your sleeve as to whether it's a failed crop we're not going to get enough rain to finish the crop um, and you've got sheep to feed can we actually graze some of these crops so getting that feed value on that sort of stuff is really important yeah definitely and, and i think we're seeing those results coming through i think some of the value out of this project in particular is actually even validating some of the tests on some of those pulse crops that have been done in higher rainfall environments and, and really seeing how they stack up in a lower rainfall scenario and, and it is pleasing the quality I think is is transferring through so you know canola is tested quite well as a feed resource in many other parts of Australia and and it is pleasing to see that those trends are actually probably coming through here as well we're certainly seeing high energy high protein in those sorts of crops in that scenario there's certainly a whole lot of other management aspects to grazing canolas that, that need to be considered too but it is pleasing to see that there's there's some good data coming out of this too help open up options for producers and grazing different crops and having some options in, in different seasons like you say if there's a failed crop year understanding what the quality is and, and how you can be, get the best out of those crops and that leads well into my next question which is this year the Mallee's been chalk and cheese to last year last year we had the early break this year we waited until June for crops and pastures to properly emerge we even missed the autumn sampling for this project given the lack of growth so what do you think we can expect with nutrition nutrition value in pastures this year given the late break and it has been pretty tough throughout the year too. Yeah it certainly has. I think what tends to happen in these sorts of seasons is the quality of feed is quite good. Obviously the quantity is limiting or lacking but the quality does tend to be quite high. Uh, you see that even in many years of looking at high quality and years where the, the yield is down then typically the quality is up and vice versa. So I think these sorts of seasons 
we're going to see probably higher quality on a per kilo basis. And that's largely just because you're condensing a lot of the nutrients into a smaller volume, a smaller uh, amount of feed. So we'll probably see those sorts of aspects come through. You do tend to see sometimes in the recovery years, a lot of extra growth and a lot of extra dilution of nutrients. So that might be something that comes, you know, hopefully when there is some rain and, and we do get some growth, but in the short, it's going to be that the quality aspect is there. It's obviously just that the quantity is, is a big issue. Once this project's finished, we hope to get a really good profile of nutrition values for a range of different crop and pasture types. This will all hopefully go into Lifetime U. How will this help farmers when they sign up to Lifetime U courses? A big part of Lifetime U is looking at what's the nutritional demand of your breeding U base, what's the nutritional value that's available to them in terms of feed on offer and the quality of that feed that they're grazing. So this is really looking at improving the data that's sitting behind the feed and the quality of that feed that's available to stock. So a big part of what this will develop is really what is the energy, what's the protein content, what's the digestibility of the feed. And for producers in, in low rainfall environments, this will help validate and give some really um, accurate data for their particular situation that they can feed into the calculations and the workings that are part of the Lifetime U Management course. We're really looking forward to having a useful output for some of these results that we're finding. Hopefully in the next couple of years, farmers from low rainfall regions will be able to sign up to Lifetime U and get some really representative samples for their region. So thank you for joining us on the MSF Farm Talk podcast today, Hamish. We've still got another 12 months of this project. So looking forward to keeping in touch with you. And at the end of the project, we'll also roll out some workshops and show growers how they can use the results to their advantage. Thanks again and look forward to talking to you soon. No problems, thank you. Thanks for joining us. If you want to hear more, like and subscribe to the MSF Farm Talk podcast. Catch you later.